0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. How many of you excited about the Holy Spirit working in your life? Woo! He's so amazing. You know, before we just dive into our series today, I just want to thank everybody for all of the great birthday wishes and gifts that people gave this week. Um, I'm just overwhelmed. You know, I, I, I thank you for your, your beautiful cards, and I do read the cards. Um, I don't just open them and look for the gifts, but I do read the cards. And some of you are very gracious with your words, and your encouragement means so much to us, and your words mean so much to us. And so we thank you because really what we're here is to see fruit in your life. Uh, We want to see the fruit that will remain in your life. That's really why we do what we do. And so, again, just thank you um, for uh, your birthday wishes. I'll tell you what, it feels great to be 35 in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we continue our series that we've entitled Catalyst. And why have we entitled it Catalyst, right? I've just entitled it Catalyst because what a catalyst does, I think, really defines the Holy Spirit's work in our life. A catalyst can come in and accelerate change. It can accelerate accelerate growth. Can I ask you a question? How many of you want to grow, you know? Or is growth something that we just do on December 31st as our New Year's resolution, right? I was talking to somebody and they're like, April is almost over. How many of you know? We are heading into May, right? Like Justin Timberlake says, it's going to be May, right? It's going to be May. It's going to be May. And I'm like, how much have we grown? Was this just a New Year's resolution? We need the catalyst working in our lives. And what he does is he comes in and he can accelerate growth. Another thing about a catalyst is a catalyst can actually jump into a mix and change things without being changed itself. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes into our life, although we're imperfect, right? We're not righteous. He's perfect. He's righteous. And he comes into our lives. Why? To make us like Jesus. And so that doesn't change him. It changes Uh And I just love that. And I think it's so important as a believer. Actually, I would say it's vital. It's critical as a believer that you know who the Holy Spirit is and how he works in your life. That's what this series has been all about. And let me just kind of encourage you, you know, we have, this is part three and uh, the way I kind of teach and preach is, is in the series. Now every once in a while I'll have a one hit wonder that'll come along and, and you know, we'll just, we'll do something different and it's great. But I like to le- teach line upon line, precept upon precept, the Bible talks about, but I kind of liken my teaching to a meal, right? Part one is like the chips and salsa and guacamole. Come on somebody right? That's part one. Part two is uh, a little bit more of an entree, right? Part three is the steak and the meat, right? And then part four is usually the hot fudge sundae with the cherry on top. And that's kind of how we move. And I would encourage you, don't miss a Sunday because we, the Holy Spirit does so much in our lives. He brings fruit into our lives, right? He brings gifts into our lives, the Bible talks about, right? There's so many things and we can't iron that all out on one Sunday and I want to give the Holy Spirit time to work and we talked about in this series what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is on me because and we outline the four things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and last week we talked about having another comforter and how Jesus said it was so important. He actually said it's imperative that I go to the Father and why is that? because Jesus was their comforter. You know, Jesus, if you weren't in his presence while he was on the earth, if you weren't in his immediate presence, you wouldn't get a miracle. Why? Because Jesus was in the flesh. He clothed himself in the flesh. And it's interesting because there's a story about Jesus coming through Jericho and there was a blind man and he yelled, you know, Jesus, and Jesus stopped, got his miracle. But you know what? If there was a blind man three or four streets down that wasn't in the path of where Jesus was, he wouldn't have got a miracle. Why? Because Jesus was in the flesh. And so Jesus was saying, look, it's so important that I leave because I am in a physical form. But when I ascend to heaven, I'm going to bring you and leave you another comforter. And here's the reality. I'm leaving you my presence. And the word another means equal as, as equal as I am, this comforter, the breath of God, which is the Holy Spirit, what he's going to do is he's going to do what I do. He is going to be with you anywhere all the time. The Bible says that he's going to abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is going to be with us forever. How many of you think that is some good news, right? And let me just outline this. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, he didn't take his presence with him. He left his presence here on earth so that today on April 22nd, as Passion Life Church, we come together. He can still be right in the midst of us. And his presence is here. And this is what we've learned. He is our comforter. And today I've entitled today's message, The Voice of Truth. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 16 verse 12, and we're going to discover there's another work that the Holy Spirit does in us. And last week, we ironed ironed out what the comforter does. And I just encourage you, go to the app, uh, invest in this series, because it's going to be vital that you know the Holy Spirit's work in your life. John chapter 16, verse 12 And Jesus is talking about what the Holy Spirit will do. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of what? Come on, can you yell that out? The spirit of what? However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all what? Truth. He will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. How beautiful. All things that the father has are our mind. I want you to notice again. Here we see the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working together. And I say that because many of us can have friends or people at work that say, hey, look, I am Jesus only. Listen, we love Jesus, but the Bible talks about the Trinity. God the Father, one God manifested three ways. And here you see it again. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And verse 15 says, All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus is saying. Therefore, I said he will take what is mine. Who is he? The Holy Spirit will take what is mine and he's going to declare it to you. I want to talk to you today about the voice of truth. You know, growing up in high school, we used to play this game. It was called Truth or Dare. Uh, I'm sure none of you have ever played that game, but it is a very interesting game. And, uh, and uh, if you've never played that game, let me just kind of explain it. You could be with a group of friends and they're like, let's play Truth or Dare. And usually what it was about is somebody wanted to know something about you. And so you had two options. They would ask you a question. Hey, you know, I know you got this great grade point average, but here's the question, did you cheat on that final exam? And you would have to answer either truth and tell the truth or dare. And then they would make a dare up that you would have to complete. You would have to decide what is worse. Do I tell the truth and let everybody know that I'm not as smart as people think that I was? Or do I take on this dare that could perhaps be hazardous to my life? Right. And so the thing is, is that it's a little tough sometimes for people to admit the truth, but people want to stop assuming about your life. So they're like, I want to know, is that is that GPA really what you are or did you cheat on that? I don't want to assume anymore. And you know what? You have to wrestle with, you know what? Should I tell the truth? You know, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is that he will guide you to all truth. Now what I wanna do today is I wanna paint a picture of how he does this in our life because if he's gonna guide us into all truth, right, let's put in the GPS truth and we're gonna know and understand where the destination he's taking us, right? If he's gonna take us into truth, wouldn't it behoove us to know what truth is? Because in today's society, it seems like we don't really know what truth is. Different people are defining truth. And he, the Holy Spirit, is going to. Def- what he's going to do is he is going to guide you into what? All truth. As a matter of fact, in today's society, people are being taught there is no such thing as absolute truth. So let, let's look a little bit. What is truth and what isn't truth? What truth is and what truth is not. Here's number one, we need to know about truth. Truth is universal. What does that mean? Truth is something for all people, all places, all times. Let me give you an example. If you jump out of a plane in California, here in Paris, I think they have places where you can go and skydive. If I jump out of a plane in Paris, California, and I jump out of a plane in Australia, the law of gravity is true. It will happen no matter where you are, what race you are, Anytime you jump out of a plane, it is true. Well, Pastor Phil, I don't believe that. Well, listen, I'm not going to tell you to drop and uh, jump out of a plane so you can experience the truth, especially if you don't have a parachute. It's true. It's true. Here's number two. Truth is not what feels good. See, I think people define truth by what they feel a lot of times. Feelings can be misleading. Nothing more than feelings, right? Feelings. And if two, now here's the question. If two people's feelings conflict, then who decides what is true? Who decides what is true, right? Here's number three. Truth is not whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want it to be. Some people say truth is whatever I declare it to be. But no, we can't live this way. Just think about it. If I say, hey, uh, we're at a traffic light, and I say the traffic light is green when it's really red, we're going to have some serious consequences. And people do that, right? That's why they put up the cameras, because when the cop shows up, one says, well, I saw it was green. Well, I saw it was red. Well, what is the truth? My previous pastor used to always say there's three sides to every story. There's your side, their side, and the truth right? And we want to discover what is the truth. The truth is not just whatever I make it to be. Here's number four. The truth is not whatever the majority believe. Do you know that most Germans believe that Hitler was right in the 30s and 40s? You know, they believe that what he was doing was right. But the truth is Hitler was very wrong, clearly wrong. Now, let me just say something. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. Just because you don't believe something doesn't make it not true. Can I hear a good amen? I hear people tell me all the time when I'm out in the community, you know, it's just not important that I come to church. It's not important. I don't think it's, I just don't believe that. Well, Bubba, listen, whether you believe it or not, it's in the word of God. And the Bible talks about it. And so what, we don't just make up. People are making God in their own image. Well, I just believe this. And Well, listen, if you don't believe the truth of God's word, you're just making up truth. And the sad part is you're going to live by the truth that you believe, right? And so many people are living wrong because they believe wrong. But here's the great news. If you'll believe right, you'll live right. Let me say that again. If you believe right, you'll live right. So here's number five. Truth is absolute. It's not relative. What do I mean by that? See, an absolute is needed for standards. There's no truth, guess what? There's no trust. Do you know that you can't even have love without truth? This is I've been in ton and ton of counseling Counseling appointments with a couple who one, they got married, they've been living together, right? They're married for five years. You know what's sad One has a definition of love and the other has a definition of love, right? But there makes some of it, well, it's just because I feel this way, and this one could I feel this way. Well, here's the reality. What is the standard of love? The Bible actually says that God is love. How many of you think if God is love, he's the one that should be able to tell us the standard of love? And so here's the problem. We fight because one person says love is this and this is the truth about love. And the other one says love is feeling and I don't feel love. But actually the true agape love, the truth about love is love is always a choice. Do you feel love? Oh, you feel it. Oh, it's great to feel love. Oh, it's great to feel those warm fuzzies. But listen, the warm fuzzies are a result of the truth of an unconditional commitment that you made. Can I get a better amen in the house today? Well, it's because I just feel. Well, just because you feel it doesn't mean that it's true. Are you learning something this morning? Right? And so there's no standard of love. That's why, listen, if you're single or you're listening to the podcast, you're thinking about getting married, you better make sure that the person you're going to marry has the same standard of love that you do because you're gonna already start on a mistruth. But here's what we need to understand. Number six, truth is always based on God. Do you know that the basis of truth is God? Only God provides an unchanging standard which truth is based on. Let me say that again. God is the basis of truth. Only God provides an unchanging standard which truth is based on. And here's what we need to understand. God, and truth are one. They're synonymous. Did you know that truth has a name? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus made some incredible claims, and you know what, he lives up to it. Jesus said, I am the truth. How many of you think Jesus has standards? Let me ask that again. How many of you think Jesus has standards? Right And so truth has standards. Look at this quote. Truth is not a theory or an abstract idea. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. So if Jesus is truth, don't we think that he should define what truth is? He should define. Now here's, here's the thing about, about truth and a standard, right? When there is standard, there's peace. There can be love when there's a standard. Do you know that many countries, they've done studies, and many countries that are corrupt, right? And what I mean by corrupt is that there's no standard. When they look at corrupt countries, guess what? The people who live in those countries are impoverished. You know why? Because there's no standard. There's no standard. You know, every once in a while... Uh, I'm on Facebook and you know, sometimes you can't control. I, I, I subscribe to a couple of news feeds and I like to see what's, what's going on in some of the celebrities' life And, and I, and not that I'm nosy, but I just think it's, it's, it's intriguing to me how you can work all your life for fame and still be, um, and, and still be depressed. You can work all your life and have millions in the bank and still be poor spiritually. I I just think that's interesting to me, right? But there's this new thing, right? One of the Kardashians now is pregnant, right? And she's pregnant from some guy. Now listen, why does God say get married before you get pregnant? Oh, because he's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. He doesn't want you to have any fun. He's a cosmic killjoy. Oh yeah, that's why he created sex. He created sex so we could never use it. what is the standard? Sex is one of the only things that can create life, that you can procreate. It's not something we just do to feel good. It's for pleasure. But let me just say this. It's also to procreate. You have tons of babies around. Like, Well, we just had sex. That's what it does. Hello? Hello? Now, what am I saying to you? If you follow God's standard, you won't be hurt. If you follow God's standard and the truth is to say, God, look, I wanna do this. But I think it's interesting because now people all, I mean, the news is like, so she had sex with some guy, right? And she got pregnant. Now they found out this guy has cheated like three or four other women. And they're all like, and it's interesting to me. I love how people think and they're all upset. Like, I can't believe that this guy would have sex with five people and she's pregnant. Why are, you so, uh, why are you so surprised? There's no standard. There's no standard. You already broke the standard over here. What makes you think that one guy breaking the standard with her is going to keep other standards? This is the problem when we have no truth. You live like you want. And this is the society that we live in. Truth is what, well, I just, uh, I think it's okay if people have sex without marriage, but you should only do it one time. That's what I believe. Well, you can believe it all you want, but it's still not true. And this is the society that we live in today. And I'm saying all this to say, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit's work in your life, when you get into decisions, what he wants to do is he wants to lead you to truth. Truth will protect you. Truth will give you a standard to live by. That's why they have found in these other countries that are corrupt, there's no standard. The people suffer. And guess what? One of the reasons why people suffer is because no other countries want to do business with them. Why? Because there's no standard. There's no truth to be able to build on. Are you glad you came to church this morning? And see, yeah, you can give the Lord a great round of applause. I know you want to. Now, see, listen, I don't go tell people about Christianity because it's good. I go tell people about Christianity because it's true. Oh, it's good. But what makes it good? The good news is that it's based on a truth. What truth? That not just Jesus died on Good Friday, not that just he rose again. But listen to this. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, That Jesus appeared for 40 days walking around and people saw him, eyewitnesses. Do you know that if you go into a court of law, that an eyewitness report is very high on the evidence list, right? And Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says, to whom he also presented himself alive. Everybody say that, alive. We serve a God who is alive. Guess what? That's true. That's it's because I just don't feel like he's alive in me. Well, guess what? He's alive. And if you'll believe it, you'll feel it. But we have to have faith beyond what we see. But it says that he walked around alive after his suffering, right, by many infallible what? Proofs. You know why I do what I do? Because it's true. Because whether people realize it or not, they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not because it's good, because it's true. But what makes it good is because it's true. And oh, is it good. And it says many infallible proofs. Listen to this. It says, seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus walked around on the earth after, after he rose again. I told the people on Easter, I said, I would not want to be Pontius Pilate at that point. I would not. Because if I was Jesus, I'd be showing up in Pontius Pilate's room at night and go, I'm back. I would freak that boy out. Right? Now, listen, because I'm going somewhere. So if I can understand what truth is, that's the destination that the Holy Spirit is always going to bring me to. He's always going to bring me to truth. Right? So watch, when I build my life on God's truth, I'm building my life on an absolute standard that'll never change. That's why Jesus talked about when you build your life, when you read this word, not just read it, but when you begin to apply this word into your life, you're building your house on a rock, not on the sand. You know what's interesting is that sand always will move. Sand can move here, there, you can go to San Diego. Come on, somebody, go to the beach, come back to Marietta or Wildemar, wherever you live, walk out of your car and guess what you're gonna find? sand, because it moves. And you know what? When we lay in the sand, you can lay in the sand and sand will conform to you. But did you ever try to lay on a rock? When you lay on a rock, guess what? It doesn't conform. You conform to the rock. You'll actually have indentions back in your skin. But you know what? Jesus is saying this, when you take my truth of my word and apply it to your life, You're building your house on this rock, and it doesn't matter what storm, it doesn't matter what the number of earthquake, if it's a 3.5, a 7.6, or whatever, your house will stand. Why? Because it's built on a non-unmovable, unchanging truth of the word of God, and that's the truth this morning. So why would you build your life on anything else? I want to help you. And this is where the Holy Spirit, the catalyst comes in. And what he wants to do is he wants to guide you to truth. And so since truth and God are one and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you to truth, truth what God, this is what he wants for you. He wants you to build your life on an unchanging, unmovable standard. Is this good this morning? And so this morning, I want to just show you four ways that he does that in our lives, right? I I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not here putting down celebrities. I'm not here. And maybe you're here and you're messed up. And listen, but here's the great news about the truth. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's restoration. But let's learn from our mistakes and move forward, right? And let's learn. And if people don't have the same standard as us, let's love them. But let's not marry them. Let's move forward. Let's be around people who have those same standards as us. Let me give you four ways on how the Holy Spirit, um, how he guides. This way you can start to recognize when he's moving in your life. Because he is moving in your life. I think sometimes we don't recognize that. But he is moving. Remember? Remember we talked about in part one? Even in the beginning, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord was what? Moving. And he's moving today. Here's number one. Jesus said that the way he guides us is that he will speak to you. He will speak to you. We have a speaking God. Thank God. I mean, we have a speaking God. How did he create the earth? He spoke it into existence. He he spoke creation into existence. Pastor Phil, I've never heard the voice of God. I'm so glad that you came today because I want to help you because I think you are hearing more than you even know, but I think if I can just give you a couple things to help you, uh, it's really going to, to help. But can I just say, he's speaking to you. But we live in a world where there are a lot of different voices. You, I know, I'm gonna say it, but please understand how I say it. You're hearing voices. I'm hearing voices. You're hearing voices. Okay, now hearing the voice of God can be dependent on a couple things, but one of the things can be, you need to turn some other voices down. See, some of you, the voice in your life is the voice of your past. It's constantly speaking to you. And you know what you need to do today? You need to turn that off. Because your past has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to turn that volume. Off, right? Some of you, the voice that's speaking to you is the voice of insecurity. Now, can I ask you this? The voice that's always telling you you're not good enough, the voice that's always telling you you can't do it. Do you think that's the voice of God? The voice that's always telling you that you're sinful. The voice that's always telling you that you're not forgiven. Can I just tell you there is the voice the Bible calls the accuser of the brother? That's the voice of Satan. Satan's never going to tell you that God loves you. Satan's never going to tell you you're forgiven. He's always going to continue to pull out your sin. And the Bible says that Jesus in the New Testament, that he remembers our sin no more. And so we need to turn off that voice of insecurity. You know what some of you, for some of you, your voice that is so loud is the voice of doubt. You need to turn off the voice of doubt. But all of us, some of you have family members. I want you to hear me. Some of you have people that are close to you, that their voice is loud. It's it's loud in in your life. Now, can I I just help you? It's a benefit. It's a, let me me go backtrack, let me rewind. It's important that you know the voice of God because in life you're gonna have different voices and here's what you have to do. You have to decide, does this voice line up with his voice? And listen, it can happen to the people that are so close to you. Jesus was talking to the disciples. They left everything and followed him. And he's talking about going to the cross. And Peter steps up and he starts saying, no, you're not going to go to the cross. Jesus comes back to Peter and says, you better get behind me, Satan. What? One moment, Peter is on one frequency. Another moment, he's on another one. And that was coming from a close friend. It was coming from somebody who was close was close. Uh, to, to, uh, to Jesus. And Jesus had to say, that's not, listen, that's not my purpose. My purpose, I know why I'm born. And listen, it's a benefit for us. It's one of the benefits of the Christian life. God will speak to you. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Notice what it doesn't say. My pastors hear my voice. Only the popes hear my voice. Right? Only the prophets hear my voice. He says, my sheep. And we're his sheep. He's our shepherd. It's a benefit that God will. Oh, Pastor, I'll just come. I'll let God speak to you. And then that's one way. But listen, I'm not going to be with you when you're at Winco. I'm not going to be there when you're in traffic. When God is going to speak to you and have you go a different way. I'm not going to be there. He's there all the time. I'm here to help you and guide you, but here's what he will do. See, whomever has your ear has your attention and eventually can control your future. And I wanna ask you, who has your ear today? I think one of the reasons we don't hear the voice of God, just we have so many other voices turned up in our lives. We've got to turn those voices down and turn the voice of God up. And so how does he do this? He speaks to your spirit. God is a spirit, right? Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says this, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. He's gonna speak to your spirit. now. Are you going to recognize that in your mind? Absolutely. Remember, I gave you this, 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 this example. When you're hungry, right? When you're hungry, your stomach lets you know, right? It'll make some noises, whatever. But is your mind hungry? No, your mind's not hungry, but you're instantly, your, your stomach is letting your mind know, boom, you're hungry. That's what happens in the spirit. God will speak to your spirit and you'll just know. You'll just know. Sometimes he'll speak to you with impressions. And we're going to talk about though, sometimes he'll speak with you with suggestions. Hey, don't do that. I wouldn't do that. Just, just, just simple like that. And notice, he says, my sheep hear my voice, right? And then in that same chapter, it says a stranger's voice I will not follow. Whose voice are you following? I, 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 I'm always perplexed when I talk to even married couples and they're fighting and one of them is still listening to the voice of their ex. Uh, you guys shut that voice off. You're married now to someone else. Leave that battle alone, it's gone. Come on, somebody. But I'm just telling you voices and we, we, we can allow that voice to deter us. And so what happens is you begin to recognize the voice of God as you spend time with him. Let me give you a little example, all right? So here's what I wanna do this morning. I'm gonna play for you a little sound bite. It can either be from a movie, it can be somebody's voice, and I want you to yell out as soon as you recognize the voice. Are you ready? Okay, so here's the first one. Listen to this. James Brown. Now, for those of you that don't know James Brown, or you didn't want to say it in church because you don't want anybody else to know that you know James Brown, how many of you knew that was James Brown? We won't look. Let me see. Okay. Right? What did we play? James Brown. Okay, here's the next one. Ready? Well, it's one for the money. Elvis Presley. All right, here's the next one, all right? Listen, and as soon as you know it, shut out. Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. 4.30, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. Who was that? Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey the Grinch. Jim Carrey the Grinch, okay. Now, isn't it interesting? I literally played you four seconds of James Brown and you recognized it. I played you six seconds of Elvis Presley, right? It was just a, we didn't even know what he said, but it was a, and you're like, that's Elvis, that's Elvis. You didn't even see the shake. You just, that's Elvis, all the time. How do you know that was not an impersonator, right? We hired an impersonator for my mom's uh, birthday My, uh, her husband was six foot tall and he does Elvis impersonations. And so he came out, we said that he was gonna sing something to my mom because he sings to her every once in a while. And so before he sang, he said, I'm gonna go change. And so he went in to change and we had the Elvis impersonator come out. The only problem is, is that my mom's husband is six foot three. The Elvis impersonator was five foot three. Uh, Didn't work. But how do we know that that's that's not a person there? You know it's Elvis. Now, let me just tell you how you know that. You spend time with it. Some of you have heard James Brown. You've seen James Brown. Some of you have even danced to James Brown. And I played four seconds and you recognize it. And the only reason why you recognize Jim Carrey or the Grinch, it's not even Christmas, is because you've watched that movie how many times? And when you watch a movie, when you listen to the music, here's what you're doing. You're spending your time. And when you spend time with God, you will begin to notice his voice. Is that a good word this morning? So before before you give him a great round of applause, let me just say this. We have a God who speaks to us and he is not silent. And he will speak to you when you need it. Here's number two. The Holy Spirit guides us not only by speaking to us, but watch. And what I did really was I just looked at this word truth in the Greek. The word truth. He's going to guide you to all truth. The New Testament was written in Greek. And here's what the word truth means. Number two, he's going to guide you by showing us the truth about the Bible. Now, this is key, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The word truth, one of the definitions is here, listen in the Greek, truth about the gospel. What did Jesus say? My words are spirit and light. Notice, they're not just written words, they're spirit words. So Watch. I wanna be very, very, very simple today. That's my job as the pastor, right? To take the cookies off the top shelf and put them on the bottom so we can all have some. Hopefully those are Oreo cookies. You need to know something. This book is not like any other book because it's alive. It's alive. It's spirit and life. It was funny, one time I was preaching at a youth conference and I had the Bible like this, right? And I was talking about, you know, God's word is alive. And all of a sudden, one of the pages went like this. And I didn't even touch it. And everyone was like, oh. I said, I told you so. It wasn't, it was the the air conditioner. It moved the page, but it was perfect. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. But, But here's what you need to know. And this is how you start hearing the voice of God. You always start with the written word of God. If you don't, if you said, Pastor Phil, I can't hear the word, watch. When you read this word, I know this is going to sound creepy, but it's not. When you read this word, you're not reading it by yourself. The Holy Spirit is present, reading it with you. Because he's the one that breathed on this. This is all breathed by the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. I always tell people, don't read for quantity. Read for quality. Well, I read the whole Bible in a month. Well, what did you get out of it? I don't know. It was awesome and I loved it, but what did you learn? I don't know. It was great. Okay. I'm all about reading the Bible. You need to read it all. But listen, I would rather you read two or three verses and get a quality word from God than just walk around and say you read three chapters for the sake of reading three chapters. Now watch. Can I just help you? I want to be very, I still do this today. Wherever you start to read, Read a couple of verses and ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? This is the craziest thing about the Bible. I've been reading it for years. I can read the same scripture on a different time, and it's the same context because it's the standard of God, but the Holy Spirit can breathe something new into my life. And this is how you start. You start looking at the word of God and let the Holy Spirit, you take a moment, you pause, and you say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And he's going to minister to you the word of God. This is what the Holy, and he's gonna explain it to you. The Holy Spirit is all about truth. There have been times where I have been, and this is important in your theological life, in, in, in services, you know, we'll bring guest speakers in here, and I can't control everything a guest speaker says. You know, I can only control what I say, but I'm going to bring in people. But maybe you have been in services. I've been in services where a guest speaker will get up and he'll say something, and inside my spirit is going, mm-mm. Uh-uh, mm mm-mm, mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not truth. He will always guide you to what this is. So this is important. Why is it important? Because as we move to anything else, prophecy and the gifts, it always comes back to the written word of God. Because the written word of God will never contradict the audible voice of God. Right? But look at this. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. The more you spend time with the written word of God, it becomes easier to recognize the audible voice of God. Let me say that again. The more you spend time in the written word of God, it becomes easier to recognize the audible voice of God because the spoken word of God is never going to contradict the written word of God. This right here is our basis. It's not your experience that is the basis of your faith. It's what the word says. Right, well, it's because I was in a service and the experience was and I, and I felt, that's great, but if it doesn't line up with this, then it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always going to lead you to truth. Listen, can I just tell you? Get in the habit of hearing God's voice now. Here's what people don't do. They, they, they feel like, it's not important if I read my word, it's not important if I pray. Then crisis hits and they don't know how to access God because they're not in the habit of doing them right and what you want to do is you want to be in tune with god's spirit because in times of crisis when everything is shaking it's the truth that's going to keep you from being immovable and shaken and let me just tell you as parents god will speak to you about your kids i tell my son that all the time you know and he just like looks at me and said hey man don't worry Gath. listen god will show me You're not, no, yeah, that's all right. I'm not at school with you, but God's there and he'll show me. And you think I'm making this up, but can I just tell you, I was seven years old. I don't share this story a lot because it's, it's very personal to me. I was seven years old and I don't remember exactly. It may have been in P- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania where we lived, but um, we lived in a trailer park and there was a pond there and I was about seven, maybe six. And I just remember going out to play. And I went down to the pond. And I remember this guy's face. He was probably in his, he was maybe 17, 18 years old. And as I went down to the pond, my dad was asleep in our mobile home. He was dead asleep. He let me go out and play. So when I went out to play, I went to this pond and I started talking to this guy. Well, long story short, he was going to try to abuse me sexually. I didn't know this. I was seven years old. He started talking to me. And I'll never forget looking up and seeing my dad there. And my dad said, Phil, get over here. And I remember walking back to the, our mobile home and my dad looked at me and he said, I was dead asleep and the Holy Spirit woke me up and told me you need to get down to the pond because your son's in trouble. That is the catalyst at work. And you know what, because my dad responded to the Holy Spirit, it saved me a life of who knows what. Who knows what I may not even be here today when I think of these moments, but it was the Holy Spirit, listen, that loves you, loves your family, and loves your kids, that he will speak to you. Come on, my church family, and he's going to guide you to truth. Are you learning something? Here's number three. When the Holy Spirit guides us, the word truth in the Greek means this. He shows us the truth in any matter, in any matter, in any matter. He's going to lead you to his purposes. God's going to lead you and show you. The Bible says he's going to show you things to come. You have an advantage as a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit and the presence of God with you all the time. Listen, when there's stuff on your job that people can't figure out, here's what you pray. Holy Spirit, show me the truth. Listen, I've seen people do this, and I'm going to share a story in a moment. I've seen people do it. It's beyond their pay grade. They don't have a bachelor's degree. They don't have a master's degree. They don't have a certificate on the wall. But guess what? They have the catalyst working on the inside of them. They have the Holy Spirit who's guiding them. Listen, you don't need a degree to follow the Holy Spirit. You just need some willingness and some faith to say, I'm going to follow you. I've seen people supernaturally figure out stuff at work. Why? Not because they're all that, but because the catalyst and the Holy Spirit is all that. I'll never forget. Yeah, you can give the Lord a great round of applause. I'll never forget this. Now, I was a youth pastor for 20 years, and God had really prepared me. I (laughs) worked for two years in a school, and uh, I worked as a teacher's aide. And the, the, the class that I worked in was the behavioral disorder class. In other words, there was only six kids in this class because they always had to have a teacher, and they had to have an aide all the time because these kids were out of control. I mean, these kids had to be walked to the bathroom because they had reports that there was time before where they went to the bathroom by themselves. They would get sidetracked, walked into a class, and beat up a kid right in the middle of the class because that's just, they were out of control. And so somebody had the brilliant idea of let's take these kids on a field trip. So we went on a field trip to White Sands. It's in New Mexico. I lived in El Paso at the time, uh, and this school is in New Mexico. We went, and we were like, okay, man, let, let's go for it. And we went out there. Well, by the time we leave, uh, the attendant at White Sands comes out and tells the teacher, he's like, you guys can't leave. What? We're missing stuff in the bookstore. The gift shop, there's, there, there's jewelry gone and stuff. Well, okay. So we had to get out all the kids. They go through all of their clothes, and all of the stuff is gone. We can't find it. And uh, the guy's like, you guys can't leave until we find all that stuff. And so we begin walking around. And you know what? I know what the Holy Spirit will do. And I say, Holy Spirit, listen, I got a full day today. You need to show me where these things are because I don't know. Right? And, he's, and he spoke to me. He's like, look in that bush over there. And here's what I said, I already looked over there. Oh, look again. You know what was interesting? In that moment, I just went right back to the bush and the sun was in the perfect place. And I saw jewelry start to sparkle underneath this bush. And I went back there and I found all of the stuff that the kids had, had, had uh, stole. But I'm just telling you, you have an advantage. The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you to truth. And everybody that was like, yeah, I gotta raise all this. I mean, great, but it's not me. Listen, it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit working and showing you truth in any matter. Come on somebody this morning. And you know, a lot of times how people respond to this is like, well, you know, something just told me. It wasn't something, it was someone. Do you ever have, you're on the freeway and you feel like something, it's not something, it's someone guiding you. And listen, he cares about your time. He cares about your family. One time I was on my way to work in El Paso, Texas, where we had moved from. I I was on the I-10 and I felt in my heart, take this exit. Well, that's not the exit that I usually take. And I said, well, it's just something, Right. And even I could miss it at some time, but I have learned. Listen, it's a process. You learn. You learn. And God's okay with you saying, hey, all right, come on, risk it, take it. And you know what? I didn't take that exit. Well, guess what? When I drove up to the exit I was supposed to get off, it was closed. So God had already knew the future, and he revealed that to me, and he wanted to help me even get to work. And I'm just telling you that he cares about you that much. And you can pray, Lord, Lord, lead me to truth. Cause truth always includes, listen, his will. Truth always includes his purposes for your life. If you say, you know, maybe there's, there's something happening between you and your spouse, pray, God, show us the truth, lead us to truth here, right? Maybe it's the person that you want to marry and you need to say, Lord, show me, is this the person for me? They may be great, they may be all that in a bag of chips, but let me just tell you this, God knows the future. You know, when I was in Bible college, um, I went to Christ for the Nations. They call it Brides for the Nations, right? And their motto was ring by spring or your money back, right? Because everybody went there, all the single people and, and to get married. And, I mean, it's a great, great place. I think church is a great place to meet people. Come on, somebody. Right? It's better than the bar. And I am always like, why do you got to go to the bar? Just come to church, right? Not, not everybody at church is perfect. I get it. But at least they're trying. Come on. I want to applaud some people for trying. Like, come on, Try. God will help you, he'll empower you, right? And so, man, I just thought this girl was the bomb.com. Come on, somebody, you know what I mean? This is before I was married and and she could sing and she was beautiful, she was tan and we flirted and flirted and it was great and I was just like, Lord, this is the one for me. And God said, no, she ain't. No, she's not. She's not for you. What? God, I thought you loved me not, she's not the wife for you. See, because God knows you. He knows your DNA. He knows all of those things. And you know what? He was right. He was right. And I I, I can't, even in all my mistakes, and and let me encourage some of you, some of you make have made incredible mistakes. God still has his purpose and his plan for you. The GPS, the destination is still the same. You may have taken some routes and different routes, but you're going to get there in Jesus' name. You're going to get there. And I was heartbroken and I was mad at God, but I knew, listen, God's no is not rejection. It's protection. He wants to protect you in your life. But here's the the challenge. We don't allow God's spirit to guide us. I can't tell you how many counseling appointments that I have been in where either a person is going through a divorce or they've already divorced. And one person will say, Pastor Phil, hey, look, don't sweat it. I knew before I married them, they weren't for one for me, and I married them. And I, my heart melts because I just go, see the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to waste your life. If someone left your life for a reason, amen, let them leave. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Come on, somebody. God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And if you're not all about that, I want my life to be about the truth of God's will and his purposes for my life. Come on, is this good stuff? Here's the last one for today. The Holy Spirit guides us, number four, by showing us this word truth. in the Greek means this, moral excellence. So it's important that we develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because here's the reality. He is going to empower you to live the Christian life. He, you cannot live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't. He's the one that brings the power. We're going to get to the power. We haven't even got to the power. I'm just telling you, these are things that he does. This is why we're breaking this down. Because he's going to so empower you, listen, to live a moral, excellent life. Let me say it this way. When the Holy Spirit brings truth to your life, he's bringing a standard to your life. He's bringing a standard that will cause you to live in moral excellence. I cannot live in moral excellence by myself. I have found, left alone, I lie, I'm not as honest, I get in denial about things, but guess what? I have a catalyst that is accelerating the growth in my life and he's gonna bring my life to a moral excellence, right? And you say, why is this a benefit? It's a benefit because when the Holy Spirit brings you and guides you to truth, guess what? You're free from lies. You're free from hypocrisy. Now I don't wrestle with the things that I I used to wrestle with. Why? Because I'm living a moral, excellent life. doesn't mean I don't mess up. But here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to empower you to make the right decisions. He's gonna empower you to live the way God wants you to live. And the Bible says this, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Free from what? A lot, but can I just say this? Free from the devil's lies, free from the deception, free from all that where you stand before God and you say, I'm a child of God and I'm forgiven, right? It doesn't matter what my past is. My future's greater than my past, right? God is in control and I'm living my life. To honor him. Let me read this last scripture and I want to close. Truth is so important. The Holy Spirit's going to guide you to moral excellence. You know, the Bible talks about that you and I as a Christian, we have armor on and we'll go through this. I have a series called Armored, and we're gonna go through this, but I just wanted to read this for a moment. Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. I thought this was very interesting that Paul writes about truth. He says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. See, it is possible to have evil all around you and still stand your ground. Watch this. And after you've done everything to stand, all right, now you're gonna stand because you have armor on. And he's going to kind of describe what this armor is. I'm just going to focus on this for a moment before we pray. Look at verse 14. He says, stand firm then with the belt of what? Can you say it louder? The belt of what? The belt of truth buckled around your waist. I thought this was very interesting that the first piece of armor that he starts to talk about is the belt of truth. And then I realized when you look at different armor, and even back in this time, it was the belt that held everything together. And listen, if truth does not held or hold everything together, my church family, then we have nothing. But it's because of the truth that is wrapped around that holds everything together. It is the truth of God's word right now that is holding the heavens in place. And the Bible says not one word of this will pass away. This is the standard and so It's truth that holds everything together. And it's the voice of truth that wants to guide you to truth. Why? So you don't waste your life living a lie. The voice of truth wants to guide you to truth. Why? So when the doctor gives you a bad diagnosis, what you're going to say, I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. He's going to guide you to the absolute unchanging word of God that says you are healed in Jesus name. See, the voice of truth wants to guide you to the truth because when you find truth, truth. Here's the reality. You find God and you find what he wants for your life. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.